Monday morning. Welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast. Brent Costello here, as per usual, in the Salamanca studios. But I look across the desk and I don't see Tim Payne. I see a man I work with every single day, but not in this format particularly. Alex Johnston, Win News Director, joins us in the studio this morning for the full two-hour show. Welcome, AJ. Good morning, Brent. What an honour to be here, filling in for the former Test skipper and uh, a like-for-like swap, I'd imagine. <laughs> and uh, and what a time to be alive in the middle of an election campaign here in Tasmania. The Jackies into the finals, the Tigers. An amazing performance yesterday with the bat from Caleb Jewell. I know we'll talk more about that later. So I'm here at the best possible time. And a man that is right across the election. So if you have a question about what on earth is going on in Tasmanian politics right now, text us this morning on the Harcourt's open line 0437 552535 is how you can get to us or call us as well. AJ, I'd love to talk to you on the phone. 1300 We are breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Got a big show this morning before we get to the preamble. Let's go through the lineup. AJ. It's big. Going to focus on Jack Jumpers. Christine Finnegan, the CEO, will join us. We found out last night our final will be a 5.30 tip which has upset a few people on social media last night. So we'll get to the bottom of why that is. Jared Weeks will join us as well. Assistant coach, of course, of the Jack Jumpers. Hurricanes and Tigers star Mitchie Owen will join us in the studio as well. And we'll catch up on all things racing with Matty Snapbreed from Taz Racing. But preamble first up, and you want to take charge of this today. Well, I listened to the last preamble on Friday. Very negative, you know. <laughs> it was. Whinging about your time away in the US. Looked to me like you had a terrific time, but listening to the preamble, it sounded like you you hated every minute of it. <laughs> uh, one little thing, the traffic light sound that you didn't hear in New York. That's a very Australian thing. And, um, of course, Billie Eilish samples that on Bad Guy, her song. The really? D- 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 yeah. So a um, little bit of trivia for you there, Brent. I think it was introduced in the 80s in Australia to help vision-impaired yes. people get across the road. Yes. And, uh, yeah, part of one of the most um, famous pop songs of the last decade. So can there you, you go. Can you uh, maybe link or hammer, can you clip that out for us so we can hear it to the break, potentially at one stage during the show this morning? Okay. Sampled by Billie Eilish. So I thought it might be nice, Brent, for SEN listeners to hear our origin story because, of course, uh, you and I met a long time ago. A long, long time ago. 2004? 2004. So um, I was down in Hobart, uh, fresh from the northwest coast, struggling at university to, you know, apply myself. Mm -hmm. And a chance encounter with the great Alistair Nicholson, of course, has gone on to huge things in broadcasting. At that stage, he occupied the role that you uh, have occupied for a long time to win, the sports reporter there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I convinced him to let me come and do some work experience. Now, from your side... You were very surprised when you got to work because... Well, I, I was at home. I was on a day off and I flicked on the news. I like to watch the news still on a day off. And and you your big head popped up on the screen and I thought, hang on a minute, this bloke wasn't at work yesterday. Who is this guy? And you were doing a piece to camera, I think, at North Hobart Oval. I was. That was my first look at you. And then, yeah, wandered into work the next day and, and I think we met. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. And then you ended up getting a job there. You were that good. Well... I didn't know at the time, but it's a bit unusual for the work experience kid to be allowed to do a piece of camera on day one, <laughs> but I think they were very desperate times back then. So, 
Uh, yeah, I weaseled my way in. and But at that stage, you weren't the star on the front of the camera. You were doing the hard work behind the scenes. Brent was a, a camera operator. And we hit it off immediately due to our love of 90s football and yes. Greg Champion songs and <laughs> right. dancing very late at night at, you know, <laughs> Whatever establishment, yeah. yes, around town. No, good times they were. And here we are today. Having a radio show together. Lovely, uh, lovely part of the story. Hey, text in already asking you a question. Morning, BC and AJ. Just wondering what's happened to my year of golf on Insta. Have been enjoying the journey, AJ. Are you having a spell? Thanks to Glossy in Launceston for his text this morning. It's a great text and thanks for the plug of my year of golf. Yeah, a little bit frustrated uh, in my form. And then I've had a couple of weeks off. Did a little charity gig on Saturday, Brent, which hampered my golfing plans. Um, what was it? It was for the Make-A-Wish Foundation at Kingston. Oh, lovely. So golf uh, was on pause this weekend. But no, my year of golf will fire up again soon, I promise. I actually got a return to my um, spiritual home, Thurston Golf Club in the northwest. I know Flash from Latrobe is a regular texter mm-hmm. here. Well, just down the road from him is where I grew up. So no, stay tuned to my year of golf. There'll be plenty more birdies. I think the birdie count is 17 for the year, so 83 to go. Very nice. How was your weekend? Did you get up to much apart from that? Did you go to, go to the basketball Saturday night? No. I didn't, no. no. I um, had a quiet night on Saturday night. Our weekend was good, yeah. The charity gig was um, fun on, on Saturday. It was a scorching day there at the Salty Dog. And um, that's where we do our comedy once a month, Lauren Foot and I, sister of AFL umpiring great Nick Foot, And... Um, we had a great day for charity and they raised a lot of money and the pub was very generous. They donated heaps of beer and food and stuff. It was just great. So a nice little Saturday in the sun. How about you, Brent? Yeah, basketball Saturday night. Speaking of charity, it was mm. just a wonderful night with the, the Shee Foundation and the Teal game. A lot of money raised, which was great. Uh, emotions running high after the game and it all went beautifully. Uh, Jackie's got the win as we hoped they would and great result all around. So uh, a lot of money raised all over the place on the weekend, which is good. In terms of charity matches, I know a lot of sports do a lot of different things for charity and they're all good in their own way. But in terms of resonating with the community, the she game, people get it, don't they? And the and the sea of teal in the grandstand, was, it was pretty moving. Amazing. And I actually like the teal I do too. kit. Maybe that could be our away jersey or something. But maybe that does take it away as well if you wear it a lot from what it is on that one special yeah, game a year. I'm happy once a year, but I love it. It's yeah. a, in a, the fans seem to as well. There's a lot of them getting around. Did you, you? So you didn't get to Taylor Swift on the weekend? No. I looked at it at the time when the tickets came out because I thought, gee, my daughter would love to go to this. But uh, it just got too hard. The, the computers well, you, were in meltdown. And all those tips you had to give in America, I guess, <laughs> you know, left you a little light on. But. Gee, it's captured the attention of everyone, though, hasn't it? Oh, I, I love it. I love it. And anyone that gets on social media and says, oh, I don't get what the big... Just stop. Yep. Just, you know... Let people enjoy tweet it. Tweet about... Don't yuck their yum. Tweet about something you like. Just... I love it. I mean, you know, it's our version of the Beatles, obviously not as culturally significant as the Beatles because there was a... You know, obviously a revolution around them. But in terms of a stardom, mm-hmm. I've seen nothing like it. Nothing like it. Then you've got the Travis Kelsey side of it too, obviously Super Bowl well, and course. all that. It sounds like he's coming out this week, potentially, from what I read Is this morning. Right? Yes, yeah, so that creates an even bigger hype because NFL here at the moment's enormous. Well, I mean, it's such a um, mutually beneficial relationship. I, um, they must be licking their lips. But, 
you can't stop love. I, I don't <laughs> I don't buy the theories that it's been orchestrated. I mean, they no. are clearly clearly in love. Absolutely. But what a phenomenal. So my mate uh, Sammy, shout out to Wesso, the um, love of my life. He went on not like not literally, but you know what I mean. He went on Friday night. She played forty five songs. Amazing. 45. That's a lot of songs. And what would that be, four minutes up, each or so? And a lot of choreography to go with yeah. it and backs it up. I said on Twitter last night, I did three comedy gigs three nights and I do seven minutes and I was pooped. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. She, she probably doesn't have eight pints afterwards, does she? So. <laughs> no. Hey, another question, uh, Texty here on the uh, Harcourt's Open line. Question for Alex. As well as the AFL team naming launch, will Tasmania make a run deep into the NBL finals become a feel-good story influencing the election result? David of Launceston. Thank you, David, for your text. Very good question. Yes, governments uh, of any stripe would like positive things to happen during an election campaign. You know, they want good employment figures. They want uh, good news stories because I guess people are less likely to vote for change if they feel like things are going okay. So, yes, just like the rest of uh, of the state, the uh, Libs will be cheering on the Jack Jumbers, but I'm sure, you know, Labor will as well. Labor needs to find a way to get in on the, um, the footy story or they will when the... Uh, Guernsey is unveiled they will look like they're on the outer and um, during caretaker mode I guess you know um, history says that you should provide equal opportunities to all sides of politics so it'll be very interesting to see how that picture opportunity stage managed you might have some inside info there Brent but um, it'll be very interesting because the Monday of the last week of an election campaign for the Premier to be able to put on the jumper, or mm. the opposition leader for that matter. What a um, wonderful picture opportunity. So It will be indeed. Uh, I'm just hoping that A doesn't clash with the Jack Jumpers game because that would take a lot of the attention away. Is that potentially... What? I don't know. I'd be surprised if we had a... a I guess we'll be into the grand final series by that stage, the five-game grand final series. So you've got games all the time and you've got five games to win, I suppose. So hopefully that doesn't clash from a Tasmanian perspective because that would take... Uh, Take it away from both, both things. That's that's for sure. Um, lots to get through this morning. We'd love to hear from you on the Harcourts open line, though. Harcourts results for you: oh four three seven double five two five three five, or call us thirteen hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. As I said, big bill for you this morning. Uh, we've got uh, Isaiah Thomas as well will join us, who's a two-time NBA All-Star. Looking forward to playing that for you later in the show. As I mentioned, Mitch Owen will join us in the studio, Christine Finnegan and Jared Weeks from the Jack Jumpers and Maddie Reed from Taz Racing. But after this, we're going to go to a break because I want to deep dive with you into the election. I've got sure. some questions I want you to answer. You are a former Labor advisor. Happy to um, put all my cards on the table. We've yes. invited them onto the show. It's yet to happen, so you're yeah. the next best thing that can answer questions for us. So well, <laughs> We gave them the opportunity. We have, mean, a few times now. And it is curious as to why they wouldn't want to come and talk with us. Maybe I've, Is it curious, though? Maybe I've been... Well, I guess SEN is a very, I think, pro-stadium listenership, judging by texts and tweets and things like that. Perhaps Labor thinks it's... Um, you know, what's the point at this stage when they don't really want to talk about the stadium? It's a little bit of a prickly issue for them. So maybe that's the rationale. But it would be just great to hear from them. And the other thing is there are more sporting policies than just the stadium. I mean, Labor will have lots to say, I'm sure, about grassroots sport. Absolutely. Junior sport, participation. Mm. They've got good stories to tell. So they should come on. They should. But hopefully they will. We've got, what have we got, five weeks left? Four weeks left till we go to the polls. So it'll be nice 
to have someone on before then. But we're off to our first break of the morning. It is SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. After this, we will deep dive into the Tasmanian state election on this Monday morning. No Tim Payne this morning. It's Alex Johnston here dancing away to our intro. You won that catchy AJD. I do. It gets me every time. It was an inspired <laughs> choice, whoever came up with that. It might have been me. No matter how many times you hear it, he just gets you in a good mood. It does, doesn't it? Hey, it's Breakfast Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We'd love to hear you on the Harcourt's open line this morning. 1,342, or Texas 0437-552-535. Uh, one's coming here. Morning, gents. Not the route we want to take, but if fourth, which is Illawarra, beat third, which is the Jack Jumpers, in the NBL finals, and both progress through to the grand final, which side starts as the highest seed? Well, that would be the Hawks if they were to win because they'll go to the Melbourne United side of the draw and... They finish first, obviously, on the ladder. So that's how that would work, we believe, David. Thank you for your text this morning. AJ, you are Mr. Politics in Tasmania. You know everything that is going on. So I would like to deep dive with you into the state election. And if you've got a question you'd like to ask Alex, 0437 552 on the Harcourt's open line. He knows everything. So anything you've got, on the spot here. send it through. Right, where do we start? Well, first of all, let's go to the weekend. What happened over the weekend that got your eye? Anything that we need to, to break down that we mightn't have not known on Friday? Some interesting candidate announcements over the weekend. Uh, so Labor has announced that John Kamara, who's um, uh, Tasmania's Australian of the Year, uh, he's running for them in Clark, which is a, a big plus. So their ticket in Clark is looking stronger because, of course, Josh Willey's going to come down from the upper house. He's the member for Elwick, but he's going to run in Clark, and they've got... Ella Haddad is a sitting member, of course, as well. So they're looking pretty strong in Clark. Libs have announced that Rob Fairs, it leaked out over the weekend. That's now, a great get for them. Rob he Fair, is a very well, popular man, Fairsy. He is very well known in the north of the state, former colleague of mine at Southern Cross back in the day. And they added to the collection because, of <laughs> course, they've already got Joe Palmer and Nick Digan in their stocks. So... Peter Murphy, I think, it gets asked every election. Uh, someone said Howie the Yowie was next uh, <laughs> cab off the rank. But no, high name recognition for um, Fairzy. He, he'd get in, wouldn't he? St straight here and now, you'd back him to, to win a seat, wouldn't you? Well, the, the challenge for the Libs in Bass is there's no Peter Gutwin. Mm -hmm. And last time round, he got a world record uh, 24,000 primary votes or something like that. So mm -hmm. Michael Ferguson tops the poll for them. And then there's an opportunity because Sarah Courtney was also on the ticket last time. She's not running again because she resigned midway through the term. So he's a chance. Uh, we'll see who else. And, of course, Lara Alexander. She's not... No. Didn't, didn't quite get pre-selected this time either. <laughs> no. So, um, yes, that's why Bass is appealing for new candidates because not only are there vacancies, but there's more seats up for grabs because, of course, this time we're at 35 seats instead of 25. So... Yes, Fairsy would be a chance. And the Deputy Mayor of Hobart, Helen Burnett, she's running for the Greens in Clark as well, which will give them a, a bit more of a chance to get two seats because that's their dream, obviously, in Clark to get a second seat. So Spent some time with Helen yesterday on the Tasman Bridge. At oh, the did start you? Of, she actually started the 5K race, but she didn't uh, tell me that news until it came out. I saw it this morning. Didn't so. give you the scoop. No, she so. didn't. Now, all serious, we've got a text in here from Damien on the Harcourt's open line. Alex, who do you think will be the next 
out of the Tasmanian media ranks to join Parliament. I think that's fairsy aside. Anyone else that springs to mind? Well, <laughs> I do know a very high-profile media star was asked to run for um, the Palmer United Party once and had a very long think about it, but I won't mention who that is. But, oh, okay. Um, uh, look, gee, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think you'll see um, too many media stars putting their hand up. Um, you know, I don't want to mention other breakfast radio shows, but I reckon the Libs would have asked uh, your old mate Mick Newell to run over the years. He I seems think he's like been asked a few times. He would have been courted a few times. Yeah. Um, gee, that's a good question. I'll get I'll Take answer on that on Twitter. I reckon. Yeah, okay. let me have a think. Certainly have you, not. Have you, have you seriously ever been asked to run yourself? Oh, no, put him on the spot no, here. I think you, I bet um, you have. I no, bet you have. No, I, I one million percent haven't. Okay. No, uh, I think. Could do worse no. and have this man slide into your party. No, no. You would just have to... You would do... I've thought about this. You'd do a press conference day one and you would just <laughs> say all the bad stuff you've ever done. Like it would be everything. a long press conference. Oh, it would be a while, yeah. You'd bore them out. You'd just, you know, remember Julia Gillard did one one day and she just took every question until they had no more. That's what I would do day one and then, yep. then your opponents can't get a dirt file because you put it all out there yourself. So okay. all right. it would have to be a fairly late night press day. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. Um, as I said, you used to work for Labor. What would you do now if you were in charge of their campaign as far as the AFL team goes? Because it's all right to come out and say, we're going to renegotiate. It's not going to happen. The AFL is adamant they're not going to renegotiate. They've organised the clubs in this deal so that they have to go back to all of the clubs to renegotiate. They don't want to. They've, they've signed a deal that suits them. It's locked in with the government. What do you do if you're Labor now? Which, which tack do you take? So first of all, I can understand why Labor went against the stadium because when it was announced, there was a lot of negativity. You know, people, groups like the RSL were against it. So they would have sniffed the political breeze you know, at a time when health is in trouble and housing's in trouble, the government says we're going to spend this big chunk of money. So I preface what I'm saying with I understand why they went the way they did. I think it was a mistake to go so hard so early. I mean, in opposition, you have the um, benefit of being able to sort of sit back and sort of let the government get itself into trouble. I would have been sceptical and say, OK, well, like if the government wants to do this, let them prove how they're going to afford it, all those things. They went very hard very early. They saw it as a political winner. Now I think history shows that they are nervous about it because they, they haven't talked about the stadium much in the last four or five months. It's all been about mm -hmm. the cost of living. Um, it probably plays well for them up north where you know the, the, I think support of the stadium would be less than it is in this half of the state. What would I do now? Well, it's a very, very good question. I mean, I think... They're playing the only card they have, which is this renegotiation card. Um, it's not a card you can play, though. That's my point. Why are they saying this for when it can't happen? Well, I mean, the AFL will have to deal with a new reality after the election, whether that's a re-elected Rockliffe government in minority or majority or a Labor government. The Labor, AF... Labor won't win government, will they? Labor could be in government after the next election. You, I mean, you think they could actually win majority? majority. No, I, I don't, based on the... Based on the polls we've seen at the moment, no, I don't. But election campaigns are crazy things. They could gather momentum. But there's a world where they get more seats than the Libs or equal to the Libs and then find a way to form government. They've sort of ruled out deals, but, you know, that could go out the window. Um, plenty of parties have gone back on their no deals promise. So there's a chance that Labor could end up in government, yeah. And then obviously the AFL would have to negotiate with them. Um, I mean, I think it's, the AFL has to start 
answering some questions too soon. I know they... What's they, the point of them coming out now, though? Probably not before the election, no. But eventually they'll have to start talking about well, how are they feeling about a potential timeline blowing out. I know you're sceptical about when the stadium can be built. Um, eventually they'll have to address some of the elephants in the room. Yeah. But for Labor, I don't know, because as I said before, the team situation is a big plus for the Liberals at the moment because there's broad support for the team. And the work that Jack Rewalt's doing and Kath McCann's doing, I think, is very positive in going around to regional areas and getting people excited about the prospect of our team. I think that is a win uh, and Labor needs to find a way to get in on that because, of course, they've said all along they support the team. And, look, they support other elements too. They they support the High Performance Centre. They support money going to the team. They just have a problem with the stadium. And I get the scepticism, but they um, certainly tied themselves into a, into a knot when they outwardly opposed it early on. Question here on the Harcourt's open line. Can AJ see any possible scenario where David O'Byrne would agree to help the Libs form majority government? That's from David in Hobart. Yeah, I do. I do. And David O'Byrne's been pretty open that he'll never compromise his values. Um, but if he could um, use his influence to get a good outcome on an issue that meant a lot to him, so hypothetically say the Libs do fall two or three sheet, three seats short of government, they'll be looking to people on the crossbench. I'm way more likely to go to David O'Byrne than they are the Greens. You know, Lambie, who knows whether she can get someone elected. Christy Johnston's obviously an independent, but, you know, probably even further to the left of David O'Byrne. So, yeah, they would um, go to someone like David and he'd have to weigh up whether it was in the best interests of the people that voted him in. But if he could go back to them with a clear conscience and say, I'm going to offer supply and confidence to the Liberal government because they have promised to spend an extra X million dollars on social housing or, you know, finally fix Metro or something that he's passionate about. Of course, there's a way. He's pragmatic. He's going to work with whoever's in. No use just throwing rocks all the time. You're in politics to make a difference. So, yeah, I mean, he would, you know, he probably wouldn't stand next to the libs and start wearing a blue tie, but he could, <laughs> he could offer some sort of pragmatic compromise, yeah. Plenty of questions need answering, and AJ's the man to answer them for you. So, as I said, if you've got a question for him this morning, 0437 555 is the text line, or call us, 1300 That's the Harcourt's open line, Harcourt's results for you. Lots more I want to ask you about, too, with Stadium 2.0 and mm. uh, major projects and POS and all these stuff. We might get to that when we have time throughout the show. Okay. Just... To that last text, the text says to form majority government. No, it would it would be a government in minority. David O'Byrne would never become a Liberal, mm. but he would offer them supply and confidence from the crossbench, like John Tucker and Lara Alexander did. But of course, then they sort of flirted with all sorts of no confidence motions. If you did that from the crossbench, you would have to play a very straight bat. SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We're off to new sport and weather and coming back with Matty Reid from Taz Racing after that. SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning, the 19th of February 2024. And for big races in fantastic places down in Tasmania, Matty Reid joins us from Taz Racing. Hello, Snapper. Morning, boys. Nice to see you after another horrific day as far as tips go. Yeah, it wasn't great yesterday. It was a bit of a rough day, personally. Brent, I was trying to follow the races. I was down at Sandfly for cricket, which is a black hole for reception. Just refreshing all day. Couldn't get anything. And 
when I f finally came back on the grid, I had a look at the races and didn't have many winners. So uh, <laughs> we'll move on from yesterday. A man that tips lots of winners is Alex Johnston, who I'm sure has got a question for you this morning. Well, I, I, how are you going to turn it around? I mean, <laughs> the bear, you know, I heard him talked up on another SEN channel that he was somehow at 50% and some great tipster, but I tune in religiously to this uh, program and goodness me, I'm... <laughs> I'm having to go to cash converters. Like. <laughs> well, you have days like that. The good thing about the races is they're always on again next week. And we've got, uh, yeah, the Oaks on Sunday and into the Lonnie Cup next week. So, yeah, looking forward to that. A couple of days. Just on yesterday, uh, three winners for David Perez and John Keyes on the seven-race card. So, a good day out for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, John Keyes has picked up the, the seven-mile beach operation that was trained by Scott Brunton and... There was a lot of talk on, on what would unfold there. And those three winners for Keezy yesterday have seen him go to the top of the trainer's premiership table. So things are ticking along well down at Seven Mile Beach. Dave Perez always has a, a good day at Hobart, seemingly. He, he rides that track really well. But, yeah, the John Keyes team have, have found their feet at, at the time of year where you want to be producing plenty of winners. So, look, he's every chance to, to potentially win a maiden premiership, I would have thought, John, with the numbers that he has in his stable. And is that going to be the long-term plan? Um, for him to stay with those horses or have many owners gone elsewhere as well with their horses that were with Scotty Brunton? Or? Yeah, they have. Um, well, I'm in, a, in shares of, of a couple that have ended up with Glenn Stevenson in the north of the state. I think lesser numbers probably not necessarily a bad thing for them down at Seven Mile Beach. I think Scott Brunton for a long long time said he needed to, to kind of peg back his numbers a little bit. So uh, I saw Scott at, at uh, the races on Hobart Cup Day. So he's, he's back in the state. I don't think there's any short-term plans for him to jump back into training so I think it'll be John for for at least a little while but he's in the the later years of his training so I don't think he wants to be doing it for decades but I think at least the, the next couple and they'll see what unfolds from there. We wish Scotty well I mean I know he's been through his ups and downs but a lovely guy with a big heart and I hope we see him back training uh, down the track. Exactly. Lonnie Cup Carnival kicks off this weekend, which is exciting. Um, Lonnie Cup Day always a great day, but maybe the best. Maybe the best of the three, do you reckon? Yes. Cup? I haven't been to Devonport, so... You haven't been to Devonport? I haven't been to Devonport. Oh, that's no. a beautiful boutique day. Okay. Used to be able to take your own little esky in and... Well, you do that in Hobart too, couldn't you? Best dressed in, yeah, you used to be able to do in 2003. All, all, all yeah. Can you bring that rule back in, please? That's how you make your money, uh, yeah, I suppose. No, yeah, it's, uh, you can still do that on the, on the ledger spots, but it's probably gone a bit the other way. People like to jump into the corporates where yep. Payne's hosting. Those marquees, like very nice. Is yeah. Payne locked in for a hosting gig in Monsters? He was locked in, but there's, oh. a, bit, there's a bit that, that's unpacked there. What, Renee? What? I'll let you ask him. Oh. No Launceston Cup for you, obviously, because of the Jackie's We've got a final. clash. Yeah, we've got a clash. And you're not happy about that, Stapo, because oh, that rules at, you out, doesn't well, it? Well, it's disappointing. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, these things can't be helped, but there'd be an awful lot of people that would be going to the Launceston Cup that would be very keen to go to the Jack Jumpers. And, you, I mean, you just simply can't do both. The Cup will be about race eight or race nine. It'll probably be around about 5.30 mm. and you're two and a half hours away. So uh, it's unfortunate, but hopefully we beat the Hawks and we can get to some playoff series. That is frustrating, isn't it? Because, you know, at the very least, they want to watch the game. And if the cup's late, you know, by the time you get an Uber home, you you might miss, you know, Milton Door going crazy early on. So, Tasmanian bred greyhound, my magic man, has qualified for the Group 1 Australian Cup final after a semi-final win at the Meadows on Saturday night. Yeah, pretty massive result, that. It uh, was bred by Pat Ryan in the States North. Uh, Pat's son, Brennan, does an awfully good job covering greyhounds for he us. He does, indeed. In Tassie, Brennan Ryan. No one loves... 
their sport any more than Brennan Ryan loves greyhound racing, that's for sure. Uh, but no, they're up in about $450,000, the uh, Group 1 Australian Cup's worth. We've won it four times in the past with Tasmanian bred dogs, I think most recently in 2014. So, look, it'll be one of the outsiders of the field, my magic man, but if he, he draws a box, then you never know. And in Harness Racing Star Major, far too good in the first Tasmania Cup heat on the weekend. Next yeah, one is Sunday night. Yeah, James Rattray brought that one uh, across um, for the series, and they ran good time. So, uh, look, he'll be up there for the final. Yeah, we'll see uh, who else comes across for the second heat on Sunday night. Brent, and then, yeah, really looking forward to, to that one, which is Saturday week now, that final. It's at Group 1 level two, the Tassie Cup, so... It's a big race and it'll be a really good night. The, the club out there does a terrific job promoting the event. And I heard you mention the other day that obviously you're dealing with a new reality in harness racing with Ben Yole out of action at the moment. Are there any rumblings about his horses going to other trainers or is it still way too early for that? Oh, look, I, I haven't heard that much, AJ. I think it still is a, a bit to unfold there. He's got his rights to appeal and, and things like that. We unfortunately lose a meeting on Friday night. The Launceston meeting hasn't got up in terms of, of numbers and that's the second one since this all transpired. So there, there are ramifications, but what transpires long term, I think there's still a bit to unpack there. Well, it's cup time in Tassie. Head south for the big races during the Ladbroke Summer Racing Festival and chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. How'd you go in cricket yesterday? We had a bye. Bye this weekend, so we're into the finals Sorry, this week. you said you missed the game. Yeah. No, so, so you had the bye. I was at just... cricket for our C-grade side. I normally Gee, play on Saturdays. So. Good supporter. Yeah. How do you get good the lead club, pass? Are you meant to be at the races? Man. Took the child. I had the child, okay. so uh, I couldn't work. And okay. We had a bit of a functiony day, so I was down there <laughs> chasing him around all day. Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, we'll Are see you, you a batter or a bowler already? Or? Batter. Opening batter. Yeah, right. Is he good, Brent? He's had some good moments that's, throughout that's a fair way to our time it, together. But they were a long time ago there. <laughs> nice to see you, mate. We'll see you on Friday morning. You will, yep. Snapper Reid from Taz Racing joining us in the studio here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Just a reminder, if you've got a question for us this morning, the Harcourt's open line is open for you. Harcourt's results for you as well, 0437 552 or call us 1300 It's SEN Tassie Breakfast powered by Kubota. We're off to a break. Coming back with Tassie Tigers star Mitch Owen after that. Oh four three seven double five two five three five is how you can text us on the Harcourt open line. Harcourt's results for you or call us thirteen hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. Tassie Tigers going beautifully in the Sheffield Shield. They currently hold a 449-run lead over Western Australia with two wickets remaining in their second innings. So we're probably set for an early declaration today, you would think, over at Blunston Arena. One man that is right across it is Mitch Owen, who's an injured Tasmanian Tiger at the moment. Mitchie, good to see you back in the studio, mate. Thanks, mate. Good to be here. Tell us about the injury, first of all. Come at a frustrating time for you? Yeah, very frustrating. Um... Hopefully, gives me enough time to get back for for the last game. But um, yeah, we'll we'll play it by ear and see how we go. Tell us about what it is and and how you did it for those that didn't know. Yeah, so it's a it's a, just a pretty genuine side strain. Um, did it in the in the one day cup on Wednesday, I believe. Um, first ball, my second over, just felt a felt a bad crunch in, in my left side, and um, yeah, that was the, the end of the day. And pretty unfortunate day for for a couple of us with Mac also mm. also hurting himself, but. Um, I guess that's that's part of being a cricketer. Four weeks, do you think? What does that look make the calendar look like in terms of getting back? Yeah, so I think when we sat down with the physios, um, 
perhaps the last be available for the last roster game as, as a batsman and then hopefully hopefully the final is an all-rounder um, but it's kind of just a week by week thing day by day how am I feeling can I push a little bit harder today sort of yeah we'll see how we go with that and not the easiest team to fight your way back into because they're looking pretty bloody good at the moment that's it yeah I know I, th- I thought if ever I um yeah if ever something happens and I and get out of the team it's going to be tough to get back into so um it's a good thing. It's good for Tassie cricket and it's a healthy environment to be a part of. Might come back to the Shield shortly, but might wind back to hurricane season because we saw you perform really well in that game over in Perth and then didn't get the opportunity you probably would have liked for the rest of the season. Frustrating again for you during that period, knowing how well you were playing and not getting a game? Yeah, very frustrating. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with not playing um, with the team we've got and I understand there's, there's a lot of good names in that. Um, it's, I guess the kind of frustrating thing is if we're not we're not really winning, it's it's frustrating to sit on the sidelines for a long period of time. But um, I understand there's a lot of people in tough positions with with the group we've got, the the big name players, and um, I mean I wouldn't want to be selecting that team because it's it's quite tough. What's that conversation like from your end? Do you need to have a think about your future with the Hurricanes? And I'm sure other teams are coming knocking and saying we can give you some opportunity over here if you want to make the move. Is that something you consider over the off-season? Uh, well, I've still got a year left on my on my Hurricanes contract. So right now, um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to, to my manager and that and, and kind of said, you know, I, I just want to play, really. Um, <laughs> pretty simply uh but no i've still got a year left so i'll, I'll be probably seeing that out um unless something was to happen which i don't think would um but yeah i'm, I'm a hurricane for another year and do you buy into the theory that continuity might be a good thing for the hurricanes if you can sort of have a settled lineup not make a heap of changes in the off season really sort of put and maybe with an emphasis on some local guys do you think that could help um i think yeah i think if you look at how the tigers have gone this year um it's it's probably not a team that everyone would have picked round one, um, with the the kind of all three all rounder model and and playing a few younger guys. I think um, with the success we've had, I thought, well, I think that um, we can kind of replicate that a little bit with the Hurricanes and and see how that goes. Because um, I mean, we need a win, really, simply. They've said too about the imports. That must be frustrating too when you see them not performing as well as they'd like, but keep getting opportunities, and you're sitting on the sidelines as well. Yeah, a, a little bit. I think we've our imports over the last three or four years, or since I've been around, um, haven't obviously performed how they want, and and that's cricket. Um, you see how well they've gone everywhere else, Harry Brook and the like. Um, but yeah. I mean, you see them in the nets, and you see them in the practice games, and it's like these guys are so good. It's it's just like they're they're not far away from getting it right out on out on game day. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just it's cricket, isn't it? Really. To go to the Shield team, I mean a team that was what seven for a hundred the other day, and now are in this commanding position with a day to go. That must be a belief thing. Is there like right across the squad? Is there a really strong belief at the moment that no matter what position you're in, you can fight your way back into a competitive spot? Absolutely, I think. The way we, we play at Bonson Arena, we know that it's going to be tough that first session, whether we're batting or, or bowling and getting the ball in the right spot. Um, it's going to be tough for the batting side. So we've got a really calm and consistent change room. So, I mean, whatever happens in that in that first session, seven for 100 um, or none for 200, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty calm and consistent. And um, yeah, we 
we believe we can win from any position, which I think we've we've proven this year. And obviously, Silky's really grown as a leader. But what other voices um, are heard in that situation when things might not be going your way? Are there other guys that have sort of really stepped up into leadership roles? Yeah, I think Bo Webster is a massive one um, for me personally, being being a younger all rounder. Um, yeah, his 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 uh, vision of the game and, and just the way he reads it is so good, and um, he's got the experience to back that now. And I think there's no there's no um, there's no question that he's one of the best one of the best um, going around in the, in Australia at the moment. Yeah, he certainly is absolute star. What about speaking of stars? Caleb Jewell probably hasn't had the season he, he would have liked to this point, but he certainly showed a few yesterday. He's still. Uh, having a really good time of it at the moment. 200 outstanding performance. Yeah, massive innings. Massive innings. I think everyone knows he's capable of that. And I know he hasn't probably had the season that he's wanted to up to now. But, um, yeah, I mean, getting towards the business end when the pressure's on, it just shows that he's a quality cricketer and can stand up when it matters. Why do they call him Lemon? We've had... You obviously listen to the show. Oh, you've had this conversation? Absolutely we have. Oh, God, when I'm the great man joined us in the studio. Gonna, but tell... You what can, was you the answer? I don't really know. I... Oh, it, it happened it's before a, I was around, but it's about being under uh, being under the lid. Yeah, lemon um, tree, lemon, like lemon tree. tree, something along oh, those lines. Right, okay, yeah. gotcha. Sorry to you know, no, no, that's okay. new territory. Obviously, just not a fan of the show, AJ. That's that's fine. That's okay. It's only well, you got to go to Leon Compton at some stage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, obviously, big week for cricket Tasmania with the the girls in the WNCL final. What's the do you cross paths much over there, and and how excited are the boys to see the girls in another final, particularly three peat potentially? Yeah, that's that's going to be a great piece of history if they can get that done. Um, we've we spoke a lot about the girls in, in our off season and how we can kind of replicate a few of their uh, behaviours and, and their sort of culture um, because they have been so successful and that's something that we want to do. So um, yeah, we've been we've been tapping into them a lot, um, and yeah, we're we're really proud of of Tassie cricket as a whole that we can see both sides doing well. Yeah, I saw that firsthand the other day. I was over there talking to the coach and Paddy Dooley walked past and it wasn't just hi how you going it was oh good luck in Melbourne knew the schedule knew what was coming up for the women's side as well and I was like oh god he's got a lot to think about in his own world to know exactly what the women's side was up to as well shows that you guys are pretty tight over there I thought that was pretty cool absolutely Hammers just reminded me James Faulkner said he's as mobile as a lemon tree in the field during a one day game so that's the official line that, right. that we had on the show Make hey sense. great to see you mate thanks for coming in this morning really appreciate it and good luck in the recovery we'd love to see you back out there before the season's done awesome thank you very much Mitch awesome Owen. great to meet you Mitch Allen joining us in the studio on SEN Tassie Breakfast we're powered by Kubota take on any job with Kubota's mowers tractors and land pride attachments the Harcourt's open line is open 0437 552 got a couple of Texts in here. We'll get to those after this here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Painting away this morning, Alex Johnston in the hot seat. Loving your text this morning on the Harcourts open line. Harcourts results for you. One here says, does Brent realise he was standing next to the fake kicker Collins at the urinal at my state at after the game on Saturday night? So close. That's from Kicker Collins. Thank you. I'm so confused about this whole Kicker Collins situation, Alex. I'm not sure if you follow this, but... Uh... No, not across it, but happy to be brought up to speed later. I have a question for you in a minute, but do you want to get through the next Yeah, text, one or? here. AJ wasn't at the JJ's, couldn't get a free corporate box seat. Don't be scared to sit with the common people. That's fair enough. You don't, I don't think you've ever sat in the grandstand, have you? The I have, chapters? of course I have. Have you really? But it's not my fault that occasionally I get an invitation to a nice little 
close seat down there. I don't know. My company must be okay. <laughs> now, my question is a long-time listener of the show. Oh, boy. Obviously, the, the sponsor, Kubota, very interested in a Kubota. Yeah. But can you explain to me what a land pride attachment is? No, I can't. I'm not a you farmer. you say it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I do. I probably should know what I'm talking about when no, I No, I'm just that. very interested in your land pride attachments, I guess, a, something that makes your soil look better or something. But we'll look it up in the break. You say it with such panache and confidence, <laughs> but I knew that I might get you there. So anyway, if you know what a land pride attachment is, text, text us in. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. We should know what we're talking about. Thank so. you to Kubota, obviously doing a terrific job. Amazing job with us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. We're powered by them, of course. We are off to new sport and weather right now. After that, we're going to talk to Christine Finnegan, the CEO of the Jack Jumpers. Jared Weeks will join us as well. Isaiah Thomas as well, two-time NBA All-Star. Big basketball flavor. The younger the Isaiah house. Thomas. Correct. I was confused. I thought you were the guy that didn't get invited to the Olympics, but no, the other guy. Correct, wait. That's afternoon sport and weather here on SEN. Tassie Breakfast on a Monday morning. morning. No Tim Payne this morning, but his little shoes are being filled nicely by the great man Alex Johnston, who has started off in fine fashion. A big first hour of the show this morning. Alex? I'm really enjoying it here. I can see myself settling in. No, <laughs> Tim's welcome back. He's he's the big name. He's the, the star power, obviously. Just ask him. Just ask him. Just ask him. Hey, we've got a big basketball flavour this hour. And why not? Isaiah Thomas will join us, two-time NBA All-Star. Jared Weeks as well, assistant coach with the Jack Jumpers. But the CEO has been good enough to join us off the top of the hour this morning, Christine Finnegan. Nice to talk to you, Christine. Morning, boys. How are you going? We are flying, thank you. Nice to uh, talk to you, as I said. Uh, exciting news. The finals fixture came out last night. Uh, as we thought, we've got Illawarra and... Dangerous matchup in the opening round, but I think the timing of the game caught a few people off guard. A 5.30 tip-off. What's your thoughts on that, first of all? Oh, look, um, what a moving piece that was. And um, up until <laughs> the very last result last night, there were three different scenarios that we knew were in play. Um, and I'd have to say probably my least favourite of all of them came came. Uh, true in terms of 5.30, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, these games are under the control of the NBL and um, we'll do what we're told and turn up when we're told to turn up. So um, that's 5.30 on Wednesday. Hamish, our producer, made a good point this morning. Do you think the NBL was banking on New Zealand winning that game yesterday, which would have meant they probably had the 5.30 game and we'd have the 7.30 game had they have hosted a final? Would that be a fair fair shout? Yeah, that was certainly one of the scenarios to play out. Um, there were, as I said, three scenarios, two of which had us playing at 7.30, one of which had us playing at 5.30. So um, the 5.30 one's played out. It is what it is, and we've got to move forward with it, um, understanding that it's uh, it's a school day, it's a work day, and it's going to um, you know put plans a little bit into chaos, but we'll make sure we're working with all our stakeholders to make sure it's fairly seamless. Um, we're working with the arena, We've obviously, over the last week, been preparing for these scenarios and this particular scenario. Um, it's also Launceston Cup Day, so there's a lot happening in Tasmania um, next Wednesday. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, I guess the festival of sport. And I did speak to Tas Racing last night, and they'll certainly show the game um, at the Cup as well to make sure that people there don't miss out either. Christine, Alex Johnston here. What are the motivating factors for the NBL when they're looking at rostering? Are they driven by uh, timing for fans or um, TV rights or things like that. Do you get a sense of what they're trying to achieve with the with the rostering? i tell you what, um, you know, I don't envy them. They're, they're dealing with um, 10 commercial arenas 
um, in this competition and um, you know they don't know up until you know at this stage of the competition who's actually competing so um, arena availability plays into this in a big way the broadcast try to support whatever scenarios we can come up with with arena availability which also obviously played into our scheduling as well so Thursday the 29th was something that we were looking to do um, but there is an event at my state bank arena on that day that couldn't be moved so we, we once we knew it was the Wednesday we then had to work within the timings that were available through broadcast and all the rest of it so it is complicated um, none of these are bespoke basketball arenas that are just sitting there waiting for basketball games they're obviously as I said commercial venues and um, we need to compete with all of those other things that they're attracting into those venues. Well, you could probably play it at three in the morning and still get a packed, <laughs> still get a packed house. So that's true. I reckon you'll have no trouble filling it. Just uh, there might be a few uh, people stuck in traffic on the way that might be uh, hurry up anyway. Yeah, we'll be right. It'll be Look, rocking. We're, we're not, sorry, we're not complacent or arrogant about that either. I mean, we know that um, our arena will be full, but we are always um, customer first in our mentality, and it's certainly something I raise. Um, when the 5.30 time slot became a possibility. It's certainly when I look through the lens of our people and um, how difficult that might make their day, I certainly considered that and argued that point. But at the end of the day, um, it is our schedule. We've got it and we need to work with it. And um, there's a lot of advantages to it. We are the first cab off the rank in terms of the game. Uh, It gives our players uh, the opportunity for a long break between that and their potential next game so um, from a basketball perspective Scott Rock's all in and he's, he's very happy Very nice Say, hey, what about Saturday night? Gee it was good um, as I've seen a lot in the last 24 hours on social media it was more than just basketball wasn't it uh, with the Teal game and the Shea Foundation that just was perfect the whole night uh, Look it's something that's become really really um, close to our club's heart um, certainly even from a personal point of view my heart as well um, now on the board of Shea and to see the way the people of Tasmania have reacted to this game is um, nothing short of incredible. And um, just to soak in that atmosphere and see that sea of teal and know what it meant um, to be able to, you know, bring this facility to life for Tasmanian women that are going to be, you know, using it over the next period. Um, there's a great degree of satisfaction from a club point of view around that. And uh, we're just really glad that we can use our voice to contribute um, to this and, and certainly to amplify the message. Christine, I, I said this to you the other day at the, the preview press conference, but it's going to be very special for Jack Jumpers fans to be able to see that um, clinic on Campbell Street grow and you know um, eventually open and support uh, women and their families uh, going through cancer journeys. It's going to be a sense of pride to be able to f- see something tangible that their money that through the jerseys and things is actually going towards. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, AJ, and I... Um and over the next couple of days, we'll um, we'll actually calculate the amount of money that was raised through that game, and we'll come out and, and let everybody know the exact amount that we'll be forwarding on to she to to assist them in getting that facility up and running. But I know that it's exceeded our fifty six thousand that we that we raised last year, and you know just couldn't be prouder of the way that people get behind this and and really support it. And um, Scott Harris and his family, who obviously have been directly impacted by this. Um, picking up their, their mum and wife's legacy to keep this going is incredible. And uh, there weren't too many dry eyes um, on Saturday night when it was all said and done. Um, a lot of emotion goes into that. A lot of hard work goes into it. And I'd like to shout out to to my team, um, the front office team, and also to our team on the court. Coaches, everyone that just got behind that um, to make sure it was special um, for the Harris family.
And even the Wildcats too. I noticed some of their players are in the teal socks. So big shout out to the Wildcats too. Hey, before we let you go, you're in Melbourne. Or you might not be yet, but you will be tonight for the NBL Awards. Are we a chance at any of them, Christine, do you think? Well, I think we are. We've got quite a few players here. I'm actually in Melbourne and um, Jordan Crawford and Milton Doyle were on the same flight yesterday. They've come over to have a little bit of a look around um, before tonight. So they're on. Did you see Tay-Tay last night, Christine? <laughs> no, I didn't see Tay-Tay last night. AJ. No. I had a fairly quiet night last night, but I saw plenty of people who were seeing Tay-Tay last night <laughs> out and about in the street. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. No, Carry on. I, no, that's okay. So we've got Will Magno, Sean McDonald over here, Jack McVeigh's over here, and Chris Steindl, of course, um, because we've got the coaches and captains finals launch tomorrow. So, um, yeah, so very lots of excitement around the club. Um, I think we talk a lot about the fact this club's not about the individual awards, it's about the team effort. So if any of them do happen to take something away, we'll be very excited for them. But tomorrow will be business as usual, focusing on defending the island. Christine, is there a, an award for best game announcer? <laughs> you do. Uh, no, I'm, well, I'm very serious. It, I will nominate. Um, we've got a CEO's meeting tomorrow, so I might put that up. Um, <laughs> He's something we should consider next year and nominate Brent Costello for that because hasn't he done a magnificent job this year? He's not bad. He's not bad. He asked my feedback after night one against, uh, that was against Brisbane, wasn't it? The very first night. Yeah. Three years ago. Yep. You asked my advice and I said, there is no way you can ever be over the top in that role. And he's really taken that advice to heart because he really, he turns it up to 13 or 14 now, but it's, it's great to hear. Thank yeah, you, well, Alex. Yeah, as I always say, feedback's a gift, AJ, and so well done and giving him that. And uh, <laughs> certainly, obviously, took it on board because uh, the excitement that Brent is able to sort of muster in that stadium is um, incredible and really proud of the job he's done, to be honest. Oh, thanks, you too. You're making me blush. That's very kind. Thank you very much. And well done to you too, Christine, doing a great job. And we all look forward to next Wednesday night, 5.30 tip-off, My State Bank Arena. Just quickly, um, membership tickets, I think Priority One opened overnight, so that's yes, open for a couple of days. And, and then, and that has been quite seamless, Brett. Um, you know, people are taking up that. And look, I think, you know, in terms of this 5.30 narrative, the, the, the alternative is that we're one of four teams with no time spot at all. So let's just embrace the fact that yes. we're playing finals mm. um, for the third year running. Um, that we're not things aren't always going to go our way, but at the end of the day, we're there again, and uh, let's celebrate that and defend the island. A hundred percent. That's a very good way of looking yes, at I'm it. Yes, I'm sure the Hurricanes would have taken any exactly. time slot they would have liked to play a final. hundred percent. Christine Finnegan, enjoy tonight. You're at the NBL Awards. Uh, good luck for all our guys up for nominations, and thanks for joining us on SEN Tassie Breakfast once again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all your support. That's Christine Finnegan, the CEO of the Jack Jumpers, joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. And after this, the Jack Jumpers talk continues, AJ, because Jared Weeks, assistant coach of the Mighty JJs, will join us to unpack the game from Saturday night and preview the big game coming up against Illawarra. Still time to get to us on the Harcourts open line this morning, 0437 552 535, or call us 1342 1533. Back with Weeksy next. Now, Oh, bounce pass the lead Ty Webster, bounce past it, Pinder, and the rejection from Magna, oh boy, bullet like pass from Doyle to lead. Four on the clock, Christovic's going to have to get one up here, 3-2-1, pretty move. And the Jack Jumpers will finish third, the Wildcats second as we know, and just maybe the favourite option is 
That's the voice of SEN Tassie's great man, David Lithgow, joining Chris Simons on Saturday night for a wonderful Jack Jumpers win. Text in here, actually, on the Harcourts open line, Alex Johnston. Brent, did you get a chance to stir up the boss on the result? One of the highlights of the night was witnessing Hutchie's long face for the majority of the game once the result was inevitable. Gold. That's from Batchy in Dodgers Ferry. Uh, I was waiting for the CEO to roll through the Emerald Lounge, but he must have made a quick getaway because I didn't see him after the game. It was great to meet him on Friday night at that little uh, soiree that I weaseled my way into. <laughs> I'd never met Hutchie before, and uh, someone said across the bar it looked like a couple of twins just having a chat, <laughs> but I thought that was a bit harsh on Hutchie's. Uh, he's much trimmer than I am, but um, yes, uh, he had a long night. They were, they were gone pretty early, weren't they? There must have been, yeah. Exactly. No, I mean the Wildcats. They were yes. Oh, the, sorry. Yeah, the, the writing was on the wall. Yes, one man that masterminded the result is one of the assistant coaches of the Jack Jumpers, Jared Weeks, who joins us on the line. G'day, Weeksy. Welcome to the show. G'day, mate. That's probably a bit of a stretch. Um, <laughs> I masterminded it, but uh, yeah, great, great win by the fellas. Don't undersell your role, Weeksy. You are a star. We all know that. Now it was a big win, though, wasn't it? Um, a funny old game, wasn't it? I guess a bit of a dead rubber going in, but. Obviously, a lot to play for as far as the club was concerned with the Teal game. So how did you guys go into the match? Obviously, wanting to win and go into the finals with a lot of momentum? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, a huge night for our club. Um, you know, what, what we were able to do uh, with the Shea Foundation and the whole Teal night was, uh, was something very special. And um, we knew going into the game that, you know, we, we had to put our best foot forward and you know, show what we're about and play Jack Jumpers basketball. And I think the guys did a great job of doing that. I put it to Scott Roth during the week that maybe the dead rubber gave you a chance to think more about off-court than on-court stuff. But he soon put me in my place, as he has a great <laughs> tendency to do to a journalist who asks a silly question like I do. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to flirt with uh, the basketball gods, does he? No, not at all. Um, we're not about that. Like I said, we, we go out there every week. We play Jack Jumper basketball. Um, we try and defend the island as best we can. And, um, yeah, the Saturday night was just another another day to do that. Hawks, Weeks, he talked to us about Illawarra. Uh, out of all the teams we could have drawn in these playing games, are they the one that concerns you the most, given what they've been able to do this season? I mean, I feel like every, every team concerns us at the moment. Um, like everyone says, every single week or after every game, it's, it's just that league this year that anyone can win on any given night. Um, and the thing is about finals is you've got to go out and you've got to beat them all anyway. So it um, doesn't really matter who we play, but obviously the Hawks are in uh, in great form at the moment. They've been able to turn their season around, and um, Tatum's done a, done a good job with their group, and obviously Clark's a, a big body, and he's playing some tremendous basketball right now. So um, obviously going into this FIBA break, we, we got, our, got our hands full, but um, going to go in confident uh, next week. Four wins on the trot. Winning form is good form. How do you make sure that momentum continues with the little break? Um, does training become more intense than it is at other times, or does, do the guys get a little bit of a break? Talk me through the, the thinking. Uh, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, obviously, the NBL awards are on uh, tonight, so we've got a couple of guys down there. Um, so those guys will use that for a break, and then once we get back, uh, we're back into it. Um, yeah, going to have some solid training sessions, and... Uh, use this time to get better um, you know you can always you can always get better throughout the season and um, training training times are valuable um, obviously with the schedule 
there are some weeks where we play double headers and we don't have as many trainings as we would like as, as a coaching staff. I'm sure the players love that. But, um, yeah, obviously using this time to get better and try and try and be in our best form going into this playing series. Jared Weeks, assistant coach of the Jack Jumpers, is our guest on SDN Tassie Breakfast. Uh, a good time of year, too, for injuries, Weeksy. Everyone seems to be good. Majuk Ding, the only one that isn't playing at the moment, but spoke to him Saturday night, and he said he's pretty much right to go. Do you think he'll feature in the playoffs? Um, I hope so. I mean, Majuk Ding's been great for us, and um, obviously being out with his ankle injury uh, the last couple of weeks, but he seems to be progressing pretty well. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he, uh, how he goes throughout this uh, fever break. Have you enjoyed your time as an assistant coach this year? Uh, obviously, a, a, a tough transition, I suppose, for you to go from player to coach with a lot of the, the, the guys you played with. Has it been challenging, and how much have you enjoyed it? I've absolutely loved it. I've, I've loved every second of it. Um, I've told everyone, obviously, the hours are a little bit more extended than they were in the plan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love every second of it. Um, I've got a great, great bunch of guys that... Uh, I, I use as mentors in, in Rat and Flem and obviously Scott Roth who's you know been all around the world with his coaching so to be able to learn from these guys every single day and um, that's kind of like my goal it's the same as I was as a player is come in every day and try and learn something new and add, that, add another string to your bow um, so yeah it's just been an amazing experience and um, hopefully we can, we can carry it forward a few more games you mentioned the great Mark Radford, who, growing up on the northwest coast, an absolute icon, pacing up and down the side of the court for the Northwest Thunder. I saw something remarkable at training the other day. A, Jordan Crawford's gridiron throwing arm elite, and Mark Radford, the most unlikely wide receiver. And that's not a <laughs> that's not a pun. That's I'm not being mean to him. That was the role he was playing in training and took some extraordinary catches, steaming across the Kingston floor. He's still got it, hasn't he? Absolutely. I think he impressed a lot of people uh, that day. Well, we're actually a bit upset that KB didn't get his, uh, his diving catch out on the wood floors. Um, no, I was too slow with the phone. Him. I whipped it out, but he'd already, he'd already <laughs> tumbled. So extraordinary. He's, he's underrated, I reckon, um, around the club. I love having a chat to him after a match and getting his take on how everyone's gone. He's been a quiet but very important part of the setup. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, Rat's, Rat's a huge part of this club. And like you said, he's a huge part of Tasmanian basketball. Um, he's a staple uh, of what this state does for this sport. And um, obviously being a Bloodline member, I know that's something he's very proud of and something that the Jack Jumpers are proud of as well. Um, yeah, he's, like you just said, it. He's he knows everyone in Tasmania. You go on the road with him. He's up in Brisbane and all of a sudden you hear this, oh, g'day, Ratter. And then you'll be in Perth next week. You, oh, g'day, Rat. So um, he's been around it. He knows everybody. And um, like I said, he's a great man and someone I look up to. And he's helped me a lot through uh, through my transition phase uh, with coaching. couple before we let you go. You've uh, signed on as a special advisor with the Hobart Chargers, a club that's close to your heart as well. Were you close to coaching the club in your own right this year? I know Stewie's just about uh, had enough weeksy. So it's about time you rolled in, I reckon. But uh, do you feel like you'll become the head coach of the club at some stage? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, definitely something I want to do. Um, obviously, moving forward, I want to be a, a head coach of the NBL at some point. Um, so, yeah, all, all the reps I can get um, will be extremely valuable. Um, haven't coached a, a men's team yet, haven't had that opportunity. Uh, done a little bit in the junior side 
uh, throughout my career when I was playing. But uh, yeah, to get out and uh, coach men would be would be something I look forward to doing in the future. And NBL awards on tonight, as you said, Milton Dahl very vocal in the press conference that. Uh, if Will Magne doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, it's an absolute joke. Do you agree with that? And do you expect to see any other winners from the Jack Jumpers tonight? I expect them all to get something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously Mags, his presence down there is, is unbelievable. Um, he reads the game so well. And obviously his athletic ability and his size is uh, something that can't really be replicated. So um, I think he's he's got a very good chance of that. Uh, Shawnee Mack for Sixth Man of the Year I think has got to be in the contention um, I thought he might be in the next uh, Generation Award too um, but obviously was, was slipped out of that and uh, hopefully we can get a couple guys into some, some NBL or all NBL teams would be great and uh, really just round off the night for these guys Magne has been enormous. More more rejections than Brent Costello at Syrup in, 2000, <laughs> in 2005 Extraordinary. Now a very weird one before we let you go Jared. I saw on the social media the other day that um, Tubes Taylor snapped a photo of you meeting what has to be the closest to a twin you've ever seen, Sprayton King Damien Viney, just like looking in a mirror. Uh, at, and he dressed up as you to go to the game the other day. Was that a, a very weird experience? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I uh, actually caught a glimpse of him in the, in the pregame just uh, as we're about to huddle up. And I looked up, I was like, why is there a Weeksy jersey up there? And then he, he took a few steps back and he had the shorts and the skins on and everything else. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun thing to see. He was in my homeroom uh, at La Trobe High School and things got very frosty when I started going out with his sister. So, <laughs> nice that we get on better these days. Uh, she's happily married now. So, But anyway, extraordinary. If you haven't seen it, it basically like looking in a mirror, both with the beautiful little silver fox in your hair, uh, pretty lean... Uh, amazing. Just like two peas in a pod. Yeah, he said he was looking for a pair of red shoes, but he couldn't find any in time. So that's really <laughs> it out. Hey, mate, good to talk to you this morning. Big couple of weeks ahead, or big month ahead, really, for the club as we deep dive into the playoffs. Thanks for joining us, and good luck moving forward with the Jack Jumpers. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you having me on. Jared Weeks, assistant coach with the JJs, our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. We're running late for new sport and weather. It is breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. Land We've Pride, looked them up. Land Pride is a company, so yep. they're saying attachments for, for Land oh, Pride Beautiful products. little rakes and things you put on the bottom of a big tractor just to do that really <laughs> intricate work. So that's what a Land Pride attachment is. Text us this morning on the Harcourts open line as well. Harcourts, results for you, 0437 535. Here comes new sport and weather. SEN Tassie breakfast for a Monday morning. It is 8.34. Who sings that? Um, I ain't seen nothing yet. Good question. Good question. Hammer will look it up for he us. He will, I'm sure. Hey, real treat on Saturday for myself, being a big basketball nuffy that I am, that I got to catch up with two-time NBA All-Star Isaiah Thomas up at Swisher. Great event for Hobart to get with some of the play, play people they had down. And a big thanks to David Bartlett and the team at Swisher for organising this interview for us. But Isaiah Thomas, what a career. As I said, two-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA second team, uh, NBA All-Rookie second team. He's played with a, a lot of clubs, the Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns, Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavaliers, LA Lakers, Denver Nuggets, Washington Wizards, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, the list goes on. It's a Dale Kickett of the NBA, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> it is. Anyway, here's my chat with Isaiah at Swisher on Saturday afternoon. 
Isaiah Thomas, welcome to Tasmania. Have you heard much about this place before? Um, not really. I mean, obviously, I heard of, you know Australia and coming out here, and then there's so many NBA players that made it out of here. But I've never been here, never heard of it. And but I'm I'm appreciative, and and it's super cool to be here and experience you know the culture out here. Basketball is really surging here at the moment with the success of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. You got a relationship with Jordan Crawford, is that right? Yeah, Jordan's a good friend of mine. I've known him probably like the last 10 years. So it's, it's, it's super cool to be out here, you know, and to be able to come out here, not only be around the community and the kids, but to support a good friend of mine. So um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good friend of mine. I think you might have put something on social media the last couple of days about playing in Australia potentially. Is that something that is in the back of your mind to come out here one day, maybe? Um, you, you never know. Um, you know, I never want to turn down any options. Um, I love playing the game of basketball. You know, I want to continue my career. Um, obviously, my ultimate goal is to get back in the NBA, but um, just weighing the options of, you know, what, what makes sense for me moving forward. But, yeah, I'm not turning down no offers out here. So I'm available. <laughs> We've seen you play for a number of teams in the NBA. Do you, do you feel it's on your radar still? You'd love to get back there? Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Like, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I'm in, you know, great shape. Um, I'm 100% healthy. Just, um, you know, trying to do whatever I can to stay ready. And like I said, the ultimate goal is to get back in the NBA. But just to be on the professional level, whether it's the NBA or overseas, you know, I just love the game of basketball. I want to be a part of it. What about the NBL? What do you hear about that competition from the United States? Is a lot of people say it's the best league outside the NBA. Is that what you're hearing as well? Um, yeah, you hear a lot of good things about the NBL. So, like, um, you respect all players from all over the world. Um, obviously, the NBL is um, something that's, you know, popular and people talk about, especially in the States. So, you know, hoopers respect real hoopers, and they got some real good basketball players out here. You've done so much over your career in the NBA. Now you've had time to reflect, I suppose. Is there one thing that sticks out for you as a highlight? Um, I mean, getting drafted is something that was, you know, a dream of mine since I was a little boy. So, like, that was the ultimate goal, and that was a great experience. But also, you know, just playing against players that I looked up to when I was a kid. So, like, playing against Kobe Bryant and building a relationship with him. Those moments are everything for me that I remember for the rest of my life. Who wins the competition this year? Um, the finals? It got to go through Denver. <laughs> you know, I, the Clippers are really good right now, but you can't put anything past the Denver Nuggets. They, they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the champion, and it goes through them until somebody knocks them out. Isaiah, great to see someone of your calibre here in Tasmania sharing your wisdom with all the young kids here. Appreciate your time here on SEN Tassie Breakfast and have a great time in Australia. I uh, appreciate you having me. This is, like I said, this is amazing to be out here. Um, it's amazing what the game of basketball has brought me to and um, it's, it's all love, so I appreciate it. Isaiah Thomas joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. The big takeaway there, AJ, he's open to offers and available to play in the NBL, which is exciting if we can get someone of his calibre out here to Australia to play permanently. That'd be a thrill. And when you said you were speaking to Isaiah Thomas, obviously Brent recorded that earlier. It wasn't me not being able to get a question in. You can obviously <laughs> tell in the background that there was, was a little bit of something we cooked up earlier. I thought you were talking to the slightly older Isaiah Thomas, mm. you know, who featured so prominently in The Last Dance. Um, but I looked it up on Wikipedia, and there is the link because... 
That Isaiah Thomas's father, James, made a bet with a friend that if his beloved team, uh, the Lakers, did not defeat Detroit in the 1989 NBA Finals, he would name his son after Piston Star and decorated Lakers nemesis Isaiah Thomas. Slight different spelling, mm. but he went through with it because That's he liked amazing. the name anyway. So Imagine that if you had a kid called Peter Dacos or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, what would amazing. be the equivalent uh, of yours? Yeah. I mean, you know, who was... Peter Matera. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jakovic's biggest rival was Carey, wasn't it? Mm. I'm glad you didn't have to call your kid Wayne. That would have been uh, that would have been a hell of a childhood for him. So uh, anyway, we've got a couple of texts here on the Harcourt's open line. We'll get to those next because I want to come back and talk a bit more politics with you after the break because it is bubbling away. It's it's a big it's thing here. Season. It is indeed. So we'll be back to talk more about that next. So we might have a look at Run the Bridge yesterday as well. I was. Luckily, lucky to be part of that event. It's always a good fixture on the calendar. That's all after this here on SEN Tassie Breakfast on a Monday morning. Thanks to Kubota. Loving your text this morning on the Harcourt's open line. Harcourt's results for you. Uh, someone's not happy with Jordan Crawford's work here, AJ. Morning, boys. Jack Jumpers have made finals. Well done. Can they go all the way? Hmm. We have a weak link. Jordan Crawford, too inconsistent, but didn't score against Perth. Teams have worked him out. Might have been good in Turkey. This league is smaller, but players are better. That's from Andy on the Harcourt's open line. Don't agree with Andy, sorry. Uh, Jordan Crawford's playing some phenomenal games this year. And, yeah, okay, he, he drifts in and out a little bit, but I think their depth uh, covers that. He could turn... A final in five minutes. We've you, seen that before. You would we? have to persevere with someone like that. But that's the beauty. If if he's not having a hot night, then um, get him off and Shawnee Mack can come on. I mean, he's gone from being a bench player to a star, I think. So. Well, as Scott Ross said, he is our next star. We see these teams bringing next stars from overseas. We've got a good local one, really, haven't we? And oh, Sean McDonald. What about that game that went to triple overtime? Jordan Crawford had the presence of mind to steal the ball, you know, at, at a stage when other players just wouldn't be able to get the hand in. So, no, Andy, I, I agree with the first part, inconsistent, sure, but, you know, finals, whatever sport it is, we've seen it in footy, we see it in uh, basketball, a five-minute uh, hot streak could be the difference and Jordan Crawford could provide that. Nick from Echuca is listening to us this morning, too, all the way in Echuca. Uh, love I've the Taz. a few losers at Echuca <laughs> over the years, but this is my first text from there. So Love the Taz government convo again this morning, Ray, AFL team. Keep the good work coming. Going to be some concerns within AFL house, I think. Uh, another one here. Morning, lads. AJ, what are you what are you free next Saturday? Latrobe lost nine wickets for two on the weekend. We're in all sorts of hurt. Judging by the look of your wicket-keeping SEN promo pick, you could be just what we need in the middle order. P.S. Might as well bring Hamish and Brent. They can open up for us. Cheers, Flash from Latrobe. Thanks, Flash. Well, Flash, I've uh, played a little bit of junior cricket at those uh, grounds in Latrobe. They're Perkins Park, I think it was called. Uh, top score of 26. I would need a runner. That would be my first request. I would need a runner, and I'm not sure you're allowed to start a match with a runner, so it could be a big question mark over my availability there. I'm going to get this out the way now. I don't want to say get it out of the way. I want to make sure we get it done because it's an important part of the show, and that is our Banjos Bakery Local Sports Performance of the Week. Thanks Ooh. to Banjos. And our winner this week, AJ, is a former professional cyclist, Richie Port, who came first in the Launceston Mountain Bike Club's King of the Mountain event yesterday. The 39-year-old climbed the 17.7-kilometre Ben Lomond track in 50 minutes and 42 seconds. It's the first time the King and Queen of the Mountain events have taken place since 2021, featuring a new Jacobs Ladder course. Well done to Richie. 
and you made a good point off air. Where does this rank in all the things Richie's achieved? Tour de France podium. Did he win a Giro Italia or he yeah, went I think very so. yeah. But then Hammer bestowing Banjo yes. Sports Person of the Week. Now, if Hammer had asked me, and not not saying the great <laughs> Richie, and I've got a little Richie tidbit for You're you. You're saying Richie shouldn't have got it. No, no, but I'm surely <laughs> this is to sort of recognise people that might have might not have had the kudos that Richie Ports had throughout his career. <laughs> I would have thought so too, Hammer. I've got a nominee. <laughs> 16-year-old junior golfer Eli Monaghan had his first hole-in-one yesterday Ooh. at Tasmania Golf Club. He's already a plus four or five handicapper. No, not four or five, plus four or five. He had an albatross at an event in Melbourne recently. He is a star in the making, Eli Monaghan. So maybe he can share the, <laughs> the share the sausage rolls. If it was a banjo's party pack, we'll give Richie the mini quiche. Come on, Hammer. And Eli can have the mini pizza, I reckon. We'll share it around. I like now, it. Now, Richie Port and I, born on the same day, yes. January 30, 1985. I was born in Devonport. He was born in Launceston. I interviewed him once, and we were born early in the morning, about 8 o'clock. Freaky, freaky. I want to do a podcast where we explore could have our lives gone in the opposite direction, you know, like a sliding doors moment. Could have I, with different decisions, lived his life and could he have lived mine based on different decisions we made as young people? I think it's a great podcast idea. I don't mind it. Richie was lukewarm about it when I <laughs> pitched it to him. But if anyone's out there wants to sponsor it, could through nurture, nature, decision-making, could have I finished on the Tour de France podium and could have he been no, me? No. Okay. That's the answer to that, that question. Short but podcast. It's, it's short still, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Hey, just quickly, as quickly as you can because we've got to get to our last break. The government's poured cold water on Stadium 2.0. Can we forget about this for now then, do you think? Or is I it still going to lurk in the background? It lurks in the background until Macquarie Point is um, further to advanced. The reason why Stadium 2.0 has been able to get traction is that there's been very little progress, physical, tangible progress at Macquarie Point. Yep. Now, I was reading the guidelines for the assessment process last night. It's a huge document. It will, it will take you all day to read, but it's going to be a, such a thorough process over at Mac Point. So until you get further down the track, I think they'll keep pushing it. Dean Coleman is a good salesman. He's got obviously got Paul Lennon. Uh, on his side as well. So they'll keep putting pressure on political people to at least keep an open mind. But yeah, you're right, the government, I heard Nick Street on the weekend talking to another uh, radio show, poured cold water on 2.0. But until Mac 1, or Mac 1, sorry, Macquarie Point is past the point of no return, it will still stay in the in the conversation. Well, lots to talk about, isn't there, when it comes to politics. If you've got one final question for AJ this morning, text us in 0437 552 or mop up all those after this, our final break of the morning here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. We are powered by Kubota, of course, who do a wonderful job looking after us here on the show. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. No Tim Payne this morning, but his absence hasn't been greatly noticed. I don't think you've stepped in beautifully, Alex Johnston, into the captain's role this morning. I've enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, Brent. I figure, so filling in for Tim this morning, 
I get to spend the rest of the day as Tim Payne, do I? Like, get the, well, Would you I, want to? Do I get the car and his <laughs> social, social media presence and all those sort of things? I'd like a day in the life of Tim. I'd like that very much, but anyway. He wouldn't I, be doing much, I'll tell you that. He doesn't that do would a hell of a me. lot. I mean, it's going to be a busy day in the newsroom. You and I can... We can carpool together up there after this. So. You'd have to go to the gym. That's the one thing you'd have to do. Ooh. <laughs> I might need some help on how that works. <laughs> um, yeah, we are. We, this is nice for you. We've spent all morning together. Then we actually go and start our real day together at 9 o'clock in the Wynn Newsroom. So um, just a feast of Brent Costello for you today. I don't think I could ever get sick of you, Brent. Oh, it's, that's nice. Yeah, you're a breath of fresh air. I, I agree about that. No, this has been fun. This has been fun. And get me on any time to talk politics and Big day today. I think the Libs are out in uh, Launceston. Labor's down here. So good day on the old wind petrol account. We don't have to go too far afield to get the <laughs> leaders of the state, which is uh, going to keep people happy. And, of course, with Tassie taking on Illawarra, which is obviously the spiritual home of wind TV. Goodness me, it'll be a tense week at work. Why not what? Why not what? Hey, good luck to all the guys up for nominations in the NBL Awards tonight. I agree with Milton Doyle who said in the press conference, if Mags doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, it's a joke. And after watching him do those blocks on Saturday night, three massive blocks, it's hard to argue with that. He's a blocker. He is indeed. indeed. Not and a then, builder. <laughs> that's right. That is exactly right. Hey, it's been a big show. Thanks for coming in, AJ. We love your work and we'll definitely be getting you back. Maybe a regular segment over the election if you're up for it. Oh, please. Please. <laughs> That's SEN Tassie Breakfast for this Monday morning. Jared's up next, of course, on SEN Tassie 1629 AM. And giddy up with Gareth Hall on SEN Track. We'll see you Friday. In the, in the-